the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, curious minds out there in our ever-expanding radio land. Welcome to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me. The only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network, located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. What is the relationship between mind and brain? Does brain produce consciousness? Or does the greater consciousness produce our brains? How do mind and brain interact with each other? I am a psychiatrist. I study this question in my office. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work in both mind and in the brain. You need your mind to recognize a coincidence and your brain to talk about it. Synchronicity spoken here. Coincidences alert us to possible causal connections not recognized by modern science. If you study your own coincidences, you will increase your curiosity about how our reality works. The phrase connecting with coincidence is my coincidence brand. It is the name of my book, my Psychology Today blog, my website, and my, so- and my social media sites. To find any and all of them, please put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine. Would you like to know how sensitive to coincidences you are? Take the Weird Coincidence survey on my website. The word synchronicity was invented by Carl Jung. It meant falling together in time, sync together, cron in time. The meaning of the word has been so stretched that in the mind of the general public, it is applied to all kinds of coincidences. Because it is a cool word, companies of various various kinds, processes of various kinds have been called synchronicity. Currently, meaningful coincidences are lumped together under one umbrella, but not all coincidences are created equal. The new discipline of coincidence studies begins with defining and establish the primary categories of coincidences. In this way, we can investigate differences in similarity among coincidence types. By creating these primary categories, we will find, among other things, that different coincidences have different processes, explanations, and uses. The primary methods to categorize coincidences include morphology, process, explanation, and use. Morphology involves classifying objects in a group by shape, morph shape. In biology, for example, morphology deals with the form and structure of animals and plants. Like animals and plants, coincidences can be categorized by their common shapes, and these shapes and their differences help sharpen our understanding of their function and cause. Does the coincidence, for example, involve a mental event or not? Are there two or more events involved? Mm -hmm. Process refers to the various sequences of events that help create coincidences. For example like sitting down next to a stranger. It's one of the funny things that happens to people. They sit down next to somebody and they don't know and they start talking and voila, 
there's something that overlaps in their minds and their experiences. Explanations include possible causes, the two most prominent of which are God and randomness, and there are plenty of others. Um, Probability gets a lot of play, and God does too, but also there are in-between ones that I can be able to point out that each of us has something to do with personally, that we create many of our coincidences. Uses covers the potential impact of coincidences, including advice, support, and supplying just what is needed. Morphology is based on three ideas, three observations, because a coincidence is usually defined as the surprising intersection of two or more similar events. These events involve a mental event or mind or an observable event or thing. So these two possibilities create three categories. Mind-thing, mind-mind, and thing-thing. These are kind of funny words to use. Thing-thing, mind-mind, mind-thing. Very basic words. But these very basic words help us get to some very basic ideas about coincidences. Our guest today has collected extraordinary stories that involve often coincidences, and and she challenges us to make sense of them. Suzanne Clories is the author of Memoirs of a Spiritual Outsider, a memoir, an ethnographic of alternative spiritual practices and founder of the Extraordinary Project, an online collection of exceptional human experiences, soon to be a podcast. Her personal essays have appeared in Salon, Elle, The Rumpus, and Nervous Breakdown, and have aired on public Chicago Public Radio and the Radiotopia pod- podcast, Strangers. Suzanne, we welcome you here, and we look forward to talking with you about your adventures and extraordinary events in our next segment. We'll be back in a sh- after a short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. 
with my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Bum, bum, bum. Welcome back to... CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me. Our guest today is Suzanne Clories, the creator of the Extraordinary Project, which includes many coincidences. She comes from Chicago. We've had a couple of opportunities perhaps to meet in person. We've never really talked, and we talk now. Suzanne, thank you very much for being our guest on this program. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to speak with you finally. It's, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you, you have started this project because. How did you get involved with collecting stories like the ones you've collected? Oh, it's such a good question. Well, um, you know, usually when I start a project, I, I come from more of a, a literary background. So I've come from the um, creative writing world and usually you get an idea in your head and it seems finite and doable and wonderful and then you start and it's huge and unwieldy and um that's what's happened (laughs) with this project but um i started mostly because i guess i could say you know i i was um i was a new parent and uh was kind of down in the weeds of um motherhood and had you know, carved. That's the best that's, way I can say it. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Down in the weeds of motherhood. Huh? Yes, it's I, just, I'm trying to imagine that one. It's just very real life. You know, like everything uh-huh. is very concrete and tactile, and there's there's not a ton of mystery, even though it's like the greatest the greatest mystery in the world. Um, and I had carved out a little bit of of time uh, for myself, and was really looking for the things that that excited me to write about. And what came up were these puzzles. There were just a lot of puzzles of past experience of my own, past experiences of my own. Um, And I didn't really have definitions for them, but they were coincidental and um, kind of life-changing. And, um, you know, I I think the the main thing that happened was that I I was working on a, um, a piece of fiction and I realized I didn't know what, the word precognition meant. And so I Googled it because that's a word that gets thrown around a lot in, in sci-fi movies. And um, so I Googled it and and this study had popped up, um, rec- a recent study that was covered all over the news and about precognition being real and or that it was there was like a, a um, an ability for the body to sense the future. 
for by like 10 seconds. And so I Googled and, um, and found the study and found out that the scientist, um, the lead scientist was actually at the university in my town. And I thought that's strange. That's a weird coincidence. Cause I was in Atlanta at the time at my in-laws house. And, um, and I live in Chicago and I, I was surprised to see that the scientist was at Northwestern. So I, so I called university relations. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha, first pick. Sorry, kids. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One NA member FDIC. And, and um, got her name and we agreed to meet and it turned out that this this expert in the field of predicting the future lived like four blocks away from me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which what, was what, a what, fantastic what, coincidence. What's her name? Her name is Dr. Julia Mossbridge. Mossbridge. Okay, great. Yeah, I've, I've heard of her. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so um, that was kind of a fantastic coincidence in the first place. Um, yeah. And then that kind of helped me call this idea that that is not an unusual experience. People have these experiences all the time, but there's no real vocabulary for them. People don't know how to talk about them. They, they, they're not sure if it's like you said in your intro, if it's God or if it's probability or, and so I just thought that was a very interesting piece of um, human life. Now I want to under, under, underline something you just said, um, vocabulary. Now that's why we need people who know English uh, <laughs> uh, or know their language, not just English, know their language well, because we have to be creating new words for some of what uh, we're discovering. And, mm. and but a good idea, yes. Well, you've done a good bit of that, right? I, I like to make up a few of you, a few of them. Yeah, uh, I've what done your... done simulpathity, um, uh, which is uh, the description of a lot of people's experiences of feeling the pain of a loved one at a distance. Simul mm-hmm. at the same time, pathy feeling uh, to distinguish it from telepathy, where telepathy originally meant that what I just said, t- simulpathity is, but telepathy came to be known as, is known now as more uh, knowing uh, thoughts in somebody else's mind. Mm-hmm. But the feeling is is a different, it's a different experience, isn't it? Yes, and telepathy was tele at a distance, pathy feeling. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. So please, please, please continue. Oh, no, well, so, well, actually, I'm, this is a little bit of a departure, but um, when you mentioned simulpathy, it it's a perfect word for the story a woman told me about um, in about her cat. <laughs> she was uh, yeah, studying yeah. in Paris, and she had left her very old cat with a cat sitter uh, in Texas. And um, she started to get a bad feeling, and so she called, um, or actually the cat sitter called her and said, you know, I think... Um, I think your cat is has taken a turn for the worst. And uh, this this young woman said, "Well, well, put him on the phone." <laughs> and um, so the meow, cat sitter, meow, 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 <laughs> yeah. Meow. So the cat sitter held the phone up to the cat, and this young woman said she had this this visceral experience of she could hardly explain it, but it was it was not her own experience. It and she felt like it was the state of the cat. And, mm-hmm. and she told him, she said, um, I'm forgetting his name. It was like Sebastian or something. She said, uh, it's okay. You, you can let go. Ah. You can let, let go. Oh. And at that moment, the cat, she had she felt like this huge uh, movement through her. Mm-hmm. And she knew uh, and the, what the cat sitter then confirmed. And she said, he's he's gone wow mm. well there's a there's a story of oscar the cat um who would hang around um uh very sick people in a hospital in providence rhode island and 
Oscar had this um, capacity of going over to the bed of the person who was about to die. And mm. when Oscar did that, they they called the, the the staff called the relatives. Oh my gosh! Wow, what a useful cat! I mean, <laughs> what a useful cat! <laughs> That's <a> really, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a great service that the cat was providing. Absolutely, That's why Oscar got famous. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a good story. That's a good mm-hmm. story. So you 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 ended up uh, next to next door almost to Julia Mossberg, and that uh, somehow got you on a little more on the road towards the extraordinary project. Yes, yes, yeah, Julia Mossberg. Yes. Yeah, so, um, I what happened then was, I I just started asking people. I just started talking yeah. to people and good, saying, good, good. and most people would look at me and say, what do you mean extraordinary experience? And then I would, I would kind of describe and they'd get this look on their face and they'd oh. say, oh, oh yeah, I, I've got one. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> got one. And what I found was that most people have one, have yeah. at least one, right? Yeah. Is, is right. that what you found too? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing. And there's some people you can't stop. They'll tell you all of them. I mean, some of them have a lot. But yes, most people seem to have at least one. And they don't have the opportunity to talk about it. Why? Because they think the listener will think they're crazy. Right. There's such a knee-jerk. So that's the other thing. There's um, a a, a knee-jerk reaction in, in so many of us to just deny what they said because uh, for many reasons, but just culturally, we don't really accept these types of experiences as valuable and um, informative in a way that, that we can understand. Yes. Or even to start with valid, it's kind of like, Oh, you're making that up or you're crazy. There's, it can't be true because the current paradigm, um, scientific paradigm, which is kind of a, become more of a theology is mm-hmm. that there is nothing more than what you can touch uh, or feel um, there or see uh, but as precognition shows as uh, the cat experience cat experiences show that there are there's much more on earth uh, than meets the eye uh, yes and we I think we all know that I mean I think we all feel things that we can't see it happens all the time every day every minute of the day um but there isn't a way to process them these experiences socially yes very good very good very good no Mm -hmm. there's no no way to process them socially so i I maybe maybe this is where we have something in common i think it is uh is where we're trying to be able to establish the potential for dialogue about extraordinary experiences Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I think we do have that in common. And um, it's been, you know, some of the stories that that people have sent. What I found, too, is like as I uncover my own kind of forgotten stories, um, those usually stimulate other people's memories. So mm-hmm. if, if you share one story about um, like one thing for me when I had my daughter there was a you know during delivery there was a moment where I I actually heard a voice and there wasn't any I had already started um no I hadn't started the extraordinary project um but I I was clearly attuned to these types of experiences and I I heard a voice that gave me information that I could not have had otherwise that changed the course of the labor and delivery. And when I told people that story, um, there are so many who responded and said, I heard a voice and this is the situation where it took place. And this was what I thought. And it, and I didn't doubt it. And, and this was my response. And then people call that voice different things, but the point is they heard something, they heard something that they didn't see the, the source from which it came. And it felt like it was outside of them. That's what you just said in another way. Uh, There's a voice outside of me that is talking to me and telling me 
to do something uh, that is valuable to me. Yeah. I, I, did, I had a smaller version just riding by a, uh, one of our local um, uh, grocery stores. Go in there, the voice mm-hmm. said. I didn't want to. Go get a juice. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, no, go on in there. And what unfolded was an extraordinary set of coincidences that too long to say right now. We're coming to the end of this, but that this segment, but it... it there there have been reports in the literature uh, that I, I have looked up, um, not in much detail, that people we respect and know, like Winston Churchill, would hear voices. And yes. these voices would be helpful. That yes. hearing voices is not necessarily uh, an indication of being crazy. It may be an indication of becoming more spiritually aware, more ad- advanced psychologically. Uh, and we still have guys like me, psychiatrists, saying, no, you're crazy. Uh, we got we to gotta do something with, with you. And that's why people don't want to talk about such things. Yeah. But it's so lovely when you can tell someone that you had an experience of hearing a voice yeah. and it was helpful in changing the course of the delivery. That's amazing. We're, we're, we're at the end of this segment, Suzanne. Okay. We will continue after a short break. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? 
Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back to CC with BB, the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study and discussion of synchronicity, serendipity, and coincidences. Our guest today is Suzanne Clories, the developer of the Extraordinary Project, and we're getting into some good stuff here, like finding the right words to talk about new stuff and to be able to help people accept that hearing voices right now may be a good thing for you. Mm. Suzanne, how did, could you tell us how this, what the voice said to you during your delivery and how it helped you? Sure, sure. So, um, so I had uh, decided that I wanted to have my baby naturally and had done, spent all of those months prepping, you know, finding the right medical team and the midwives and figuring out, you know, all the things that people do. And um, once labor and delivery started, it was on a Tuesday, um, it, it, it wasn't really going well. And uh, it was going very slowly. And, um, you know, part of me was like, that's okay. You know, this is the way <laughs> a very like, optimistic, like, this is the way it's going to be. And I can do it. And I'm strong. And I don't need the medicine and all this stuff. And then by um, Saturday, there was still um, no baby. And so I went to the, and I had been convinced that I was having a son because I just knew, you know, I'm a very intuitive person and I knew. And so I go to the hospital and, you know, the medical staff is like, when did you go into labor? And I was like, Tuesday, but, you know, it's going kind of slow. And they're like, okay, it's Saturday. Um, like, are you, are you in pain? And I was like, well, yeah, kind of, but, and so anyway, we had, uh, an induction and, um, you know, one, one intervention led to another and there was this problem and there was that problem and it became more intense and more painful and, and still I was not willing to kind of throw the natural birth out the window. Um, and really at like the pinnacle of every woman has this moment, like the worst moment of her birth experience. I heard this voice say, it's a girl and she needs your help. And the voice was outside of me, but it was also a little bit inside in that I, I was pretty sure no one else could hear, even though I looked around at everybody's face to see if (laughs) someone said that. Wow. Wow. Uh, And it was unquestionable that it was true and that I needed to do something. And so it was this, this moment where I woke up and I was like, I have to do something. I cannot just wait this out because I have this plan um, to have this baby the way I want to have this baby. And so I just, I just looked at the, at the midwife and I was like, it's a girl and she needs help. Call the surgeon. And within Within an hour, you know, the surgeon, of course, arrived very quickly once he learned I had been in labor for days and I was, you know, over the age of like, you know, I, I was not like the youngest mother in the world. Um, and and I had a C-section and she was removed uh, and, you know, with the cord wrapped around her neck and unable to, to move like she was all kind of bound up. And so that the voice then made much more sense. Like she is not coming out and she needs, she needs to be surgically removed and she's fine and perfect and wonderful. And, and it's a happy ending, but who knows what I would have decided if I had not heard that voice. What do you, what do you make out of uh, that? You knew it was a boy to start with. 
I think that that was um, erroneous intuition. <laughs> I think. No question about that. No, yes or no, no. Erroneous <laughs> intuition, yes. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing about, um, you know, it's such a life lesson where you can, you can get all of this information about a certain subject and have a feeling and feel very confident about it. But, but often um, the outcome is not at all what you expected. And I, I don't know. I guess I just thought I would have a boy. Um, the reason I ask, besides that it's, uh, <laughs> it's so obvious to ask, it's that, <laughs> that, is that uh, one of my intents um, in coincidence studies is to help people learn to differentiate between the intuitions that are useful, the intuitions that are correct, and the ones that are not. And you had one, obviously, that was wrong, that you were very confident about. And I'm wondering how that has influenced your ability to listen to your own intuitions. Mm, good, good question. Um, one of the, when I look back at that time, I, I look at the whole pregnancy and the whole kind of approach to becoming a parent it was very willful. And I think a lot of the decisions I made and the intuitions I thought I had were, were actually stemming more from will. Um, and I wasn't actually listening to kind of the vagaries. That's so good uh, that, that you were so intent on having a boy that you were able to uh, fabricate mm -hmm. uh, an intuitive voice that sounded like it came from other in the other intuitive uh, places that you had used before that were accurate, but you really forced it in and mm -hmm. a kind of a, in a disguised form so that it, it came out as intuition, but you'd put it in there because you wanted it to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you find things to kind of support that, uh, that thesis, like, you yes, know, most yes. people, and, and this comes to, into the world of, of, of information, of pregnancy information that is full of junk, you know, like <laughs> you won't be, you won't be as sick if you have a boy, if, you know, if you're carrying a boy or, <laughs> you know, just like really kind of random information that people feed you. Uh, that that's that's along with another problem uh, I see with the internet and and just even people talking. So many people are certain about what they're saying with very little evidence to back it up, except their own belief that they're right. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And this, I think, the world of the extraordinary is full of of opinions like that. Have you been able to now distinguish between willed, created intuition and uh, like the real thing? <laughs> I well, I hope so. I mean, I try. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. Um, I think so. I mean, it has so much more to do with with self awareness than um, than than I. Than you think it does, and if I'm being particularly willful on a day, then I know that I'm fabricating a lot of what's happening. Um, and but yeah, intuition definitely feels different. It feels it's more subtle, I think. Yeah. Than um, than I had previously thought and and I had always been somewhat intuitive but I was never quite in touch with the intuitive process and how it felt and so now I think I have a better sense um of of what intuition feels like and what accuracy feels like it's it's a it is like a sense yeah it's good uh, mm -hmm. it's like a sense um I, I, I start with a still small voice. Yeah. It's, it's still a, a child's voice, maybe. Um, it's quiet in the, middle, in the middle of a lot of the storm of thoughts often going on in our minds. And it's there. It's quiet. You've got to be able to, to tune in and listen to it. And, and how you've been able to manage to do that, I, if you could add some more to um, your understanding, because the finding the words 
to be able to um, separate the wheat from the chaff, to separate mm -hmm. the idea, the, the, in, the true intuition from uh, other stuff that you're forcing in or even coming from the outside from other people's opinions that mm -hmm. you've internalized. Mm -hmm. I, 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 finding the right words to make those distinctions uh, is a challenge and I wonder how, how you would go about mm. doing that. Well, I mean, part of me thinks it's different for everyone. Um, and, but for me, it has been, if I can have some time um, to meditate, it, not a ton of time, but some time to meditate in the morning, then I can kind of tune in a little bit better to what my interior world sounds like that day. Um, and then I can kind of carry that knowledge or understanding with me throughout the day and it's, it, it's more accessible. So it's almost like just taking maybe six or 12 minutes, um, somewhere between six and 12 minutes, uh, to meditate and, and listen and not necessarily have an agenda during that time, except to just kind of witness I don't know if that's helpful to you or what you were looking for, but it, it is. It is because I can, I can uh, visually feel um, what you just described because it means that you take a little meditation time mm -hmm. and examine your interior with mm -hmm. a, an attempt to exclude the exterior mm -hmm. as much as possible, and mm -hmm. that sensitizes you to the quiet information that can come from inside. Yes. Yes. And like, and every day is different. So you might have different stuff coming up during that six or 12 minutes and you could have pressure from, um, a project or from a person or, you know, a, too many things to do or, um, you know, and all that stuff comes up, but at least it, you can, it's, it's like a way of compartmentalizing a little bit. So I do reserve the interior space to kind of have, um, uh, have that space be receptive also. Yeah, and what I just heard you describe is being is separating out the stuff that the day is going to require of you or yesterday demanded of you mm -hmm. uh, and being able to compartmentalize those as more exterior, more external. Mm -hmm. And then as you do that, um, mm -hmm. because now you've practiced, you put that away kind of off to the side and then open yourself up to the the uh, the interior communications. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's that's a nice uh, kind of um, video to me description mm -hmm. of um, of how you are able to tune in more uh, to your uh, intuitive information. Mm -hmm. um, we've got another minute left in uh, this segment. Um, and I, I want to be able to um, hear more in our next segment about uh, the current status of the Extraordinary Project and how it's developing and where you see it going. Because you're, you're on to something very important here in being able to collect the stories, get them out, and getting people, uh, giving people the opportunity not only to describe them but also to discuss them uh, mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's uh, it, it, how to be able to have uh, people out in the world um, do what you've been able to do to, to and are, a, are are still doing to be able to 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 hear other people's stories and to be able to then tell their own stories mm -hmm. is a little bit like um, talking about dreams. Mm -hmm. um, as mm -hmm. it, I, I imagine wanting to have a, a, a synchronicity circle where mm. people talk about their coincidences. And we'll get back to the extraordinary project after this short break. Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? 
Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back to CC with BB, where we're talking about the extraordinary project of Suzanne Clory's, a collection of stories about extraordinary events in people's lives. And Suzanne is part of, I hope, a growing movement of people facilitating discussions about individual personal extraordinary 
coincidences, for example, that uh, allow us to understand better and better how reality works, and it's not the same as modern science teaches us. So, Suzanne, tell us the current status and future directions of your extraordinary project. Oh, sure. Thank you. So, um, right now, I have a website up for that receives and shares um, people's extraordinary experiences that they write out. It's much easier for people to write them down, I found, rather than just tell them to video, uh, which was my original idea. But there's something about the process of writing the experience down that is it's true for writing in general, but especially when you're writing an intimate experience that maybe you haven't told before, it's an incredibly healing and powerful um, process and and self-referential process where you're really kind of integrating this story, this extraordinary story that you almost can't believe yourself. So um, I have collected so many stories and I've posted some and plan to keep posting more. But what occurred to me recently was that it's 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 an incredible um uh, the 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 material is great for the podcast medium. So I've been developing a podcast. Um, season one is four episodes, so I I hope to have that done in uh, another couple months, and um, we'll release them on iTunes. And um, the the process of incorporating people's stories into a podcast has been really fun and really powerful. Uh, because you do get to hear their their own voice, these stories and people's own voices, and you can hear how marvelous and personal and intimate they all are, and how confusing they all are. Are you saying that you take the stories people write on your website and then take some of them and turn them into uh, audio podcasts? Yes, yeah, some. I mean, some people have agreed to record for me in ter- in with audio. And so I put those into the podcast too, but others people write down and then I either read or summarize or incorporate or, you know, get them to talk about it a little bit. So it's, it's both. Yeah. Um, and you're creating the ep- four episodes. So you're designing these things. You're writing a kind of script for each one of these uh, episodes. Yes. Uh, what do you, what, what is your intent as you put together these stories? Um, my, that's a good question. Such good questions. Um, I think my intent is to kind of group stories around questions. Um, and they're kind of thematic. I find like, as I collect stories, they have similarities. I'm sure you found that too. Um, and some of them don't have names and some of them do have names, but um, that, that's, uh, that's, that's my intent with coincidence studies is to take unnamed, uh, groups of stories and s- describe their similarities in part with the title I give to, um, the, gr- the group. One of my, one, one of my, uh, for example, um, one process category I'm to, uh, that I work on is uh, movement, that uh, you create coincidences by moving because uh, mm. coincidences require people to do stuff. And mm. sitting down uh, sitting down uh, next to a stranger is and, and starting to talk is one of the ways uh, that coincidences are created. And add to that that Sometimes uh, it's not sitting down next to someone, but it's going after someone that you intuitively feel you, you don't know, but you need to be able to make some contact with and asking them a question. For example, in the Chicago airport, uh, a guy named Jaworski, um, mm-hmm. Leon Jaworski's son, Joseph Jaworski, uh, saw a woman in the O'Hare airport and just knew she was the one for him somehow and stopped her and asked her uh, about herself and wow. they got married and they've been married for <laughs> wow. quite a while. Uh, it's, so I call that one the ask, uh, just having the courage <laughs> to, 
to ask. So th- there, there, I have about um, 10 or 12 um, categories, I, and I'd like to be able to send you a draft of them to see uh, what you think of this categorization by process that I'm working on right now. Sure. I mean, I'd be happy to look at them. And I also think you have a much more detailed um, and scientific level of expertise than maybe from where I'm coming from. And part of, I think part of creating the conversation for me is helping people associate their experiences with other people's experiences. And even if they can't name them, um, they can know that they have shared in something with other people. Yeah, and I'm now being able, trying to be able to supply some names. My name is Rumpelstiltskin or something like that. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, try to be able to call call that call it by name. I, I'm a I'm a physician, uh, and physicians are interested in diagnosis. So yeah. we ca- we call what seems like random collection of uh, symptoms something, and yes. that's what that's what I'm doing with um, coincidence processes. Yes, that's fascinating. Do you have people coming to you with their coincidences? I know I've written to you several times with my coincidences. Um, Yes. Uh, The one most prominent one was a woman from Ohio who drove to uh, Virginia, where I am, and uh, wanted a coincidence consultation because uh, they had come on so quickly and with so many after her high school reunion. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a post in psychology today uh, called something like, uh, is an onslaught of coincidences challenging your sanity? Yes. <laughs> wow. I think they do sometimes. Oh, they do. <laughs> they do. They, I mean, that, that's just, just just hearing voices uh, it can do it. But if you have like five in a week for like several months, um, you kind of you kind of wonder: are you are you seeing something that everybody else isn't? And the answer is yes, you are. Yes, yes, you are. That's right. Your world is shifting. It's your world true. is shifting. Your world is shifting. You're seeing that your world is shifting. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, so. Um, I'm really looking forward to this podcast. It's been great to bring um, bring these stories off the page and find different ways. What I, I you maybe have found this too that um, writing about this topic in print kind of covers a certain ground, but then talking about it covers a really different area that um, is much more social and spontaneous. Uh, as we're showing uh, in yeah. our discussion, um, absolutely, um, and there is something about hearing the person, hearing the person's voice, mm-hmm. describing it versus reading it in print, mm-hmm. that allows the listener to climb into the mind of the speaker to get a more visual, spatial view of that that experience. Yeah, it's so true. It's true. I have like my favorite experiences that I've been told have been by very hesitant uh-huh. um, kind of like musician guys or um, people who generally don't want to uh, tip their hand in one way or another. But it's been really fun to kind of get into conversation with people who are like, well, I did. I do have this story that doesn't make a ton of sense, and I don't know what I think about it, and I haven't really talked about it, but those are always very juicy stories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, uh, in, a, in a month or two, I'm going to have uh, a local Charlottesville trumpet player, been here a long time, mm-hmm. um, who is very interested in coincidences on the show because he experiences a lot of them. Because uh, they they live in a in a very fluid environment compared yes. to those in a more rigid ones that uh, many of us live in, and so they're they're more likely to run into confluences of of weird events. Um, and some of them use it creatively, and some of them, as you're describing, kind of oh, I'm not that crazy. It's not happening to me. 
That's right. Artists in general have great stories. Yes. Now we've got a, we've got about three minutes left, and I want to be able to get some idea about the different themes of the four podcasts that you're developing. Oh, um, gosh. Well, uh, <laughs> it's structured around my journey um, through the questions that I have. It's sort of like once... Um, once I stumble onto this topic, it's like peeling an onion. You have more and more and more questions. Well, if this is true, then you have to start asking all of these questions. And then if you ask all of these questions, you kind of need to be prepared for these answers and so on. But um, the first episode I can talk about ha has uh, to do with people's dead loved ones. Uh -huh. um, so coincidences and... Um, not actually not so much coincidences, but truly extraordinary experiences that they've had um, saying goodbye to their. Well, Suzanne, we come to the end of our show and thank you very much for being on it. We're saying goodbye too. 